this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India RE. Oh, much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. This weekend, we're talking to Sherry Shepard about her new talk show. We've got Kendra, the family soul, but it is the one year anniversary of this station. And I thought the best way to celebrate is to do a flashback with our interview with Tavis Smiley just after he kicked off KBLA Talk 1580. On the line, veteran broadcaster uh, Tavis Smiley kicked off. His own black news talk station in LA. Welcome to the yeah. show, Tavis. Oh man, Lonnie Love, Angelica, it's great to be on with both of you. Thanks for the opportunity. And I don't know how I feel about veteran broadcast. That makes that makes me feel old. Of course, I I am old, but veteran, Lord Jesus, that sounds old. I know it. At does. least we didn't call you Auntie. <laughs> An- antiquated broadcaster, Tavis Smiley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The station is called KBLA Los Angeles. Tavis, man, I'm going to tell you, when I saw this, I flipped out and I just screamed. What made you come up with the idea to do sort of an all black, you know, talk station? No, first of all, first of all, thank you. Just like I celebrate the, the, the great work you two do. It's always nice when black people celebrate your work. And so thank you for those kind words. Now, in, in short, you know, talk radio across the country and, and even in L.A., L.A., you know, as you both know, is, is such a multicultural, multiracial, multiethnic mix of all kinds of people. I tell people all the time there are over 100 different languages spoken in LAUSD in our school district. And so it's a very multiracial city. And yet in this city and across the country, talk radio for too long has been what I call a conservative citadel. And the lineup goes like this all day, all night all white. That's the lineup on talk radio all day, all night, all white. And so I just thought the time had come to change that. And as we all watched and participated in the racial reckoning that our country was and still is enduring and took to the streets, it it was clear to me that when, when we're no longer in the streets and the cameras turn off and the microphones are are silenced, what platforms do we have to tell our stories? And I'm just at a point in my career now, I've been very fortunate over the course of my career to own my content. All of my content, I basically own. I own my radio content, I own my TV content, I own my books. So I own my content. And and Prince, you know, some of you know that Prince was was a dear friend of mine, God rest his soul. And for years, Prince would always tell me, Tavis, content is king. Content is king. And he encouraged me to own my content. That's why he had that word slave written on his face for a while, because Warner Brothers owned all of his content. Right. So he kept telling me that content is king, own your own content. And then one of our last conversations before he died tragically and suddenly, he said to me, T, I think I need to, you know, rework my formulation. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've been telling you for years that content is king and content is king. But Prince said distribution is emperor. Mm. So if you can own your content 
and your distribution channel, you got something going on. And so long story short, I just decided that the time was, was right for me, not just to own my content, but to own my own platform. And so KBLA Talk 1580 is what we own. KBLA, um, the, the, the call number is 1580 AM. It's very familiar to people in LA because 1580 was the original K-Day. It was the first station in the country over 30 years ago, the first station in the country to play hip hop music. So every rap artist will tell you 1580 back in the day was our platform. It was never black owned, but it was the platform that launched many a rap career. As a matter of fact, Netflix is doing a documentary about this station, 1580 AM. So the call letters now are KBLA, but it's the original 1580. And we are just trying to represent by putting people of color on the air. And I look forward to the coming months and years to, to really build not just this station as our flagship, but the big plan is to buy other stations across the country and to build a black talk radio network. That's right. That's right. I, I smelled it as soon as I saw it. I was like, I know. His <laughs> I already yeah. see it. We're talking to Tavis yeah. Smiley about KBLA 1580 AM here in Los Angeles. I'm just going to go ahead and call it the first black news talk station in LA. Is it? It is. It's the yeah, first it uh, black owned, black owned, black operated talk station in LA, but also the first one really west of the Mississippi, okay. which, which goes to show you how, how vast, this terrain is and how long we have been, you know, in this situation where we haven't had a 24 hour a day, seven day a week flagship talk radio station to express right. ourselves. And, and thanks to our app, you know, the app is on fire. People are downloading it all across the country right. and around the world. So people can hear us in real time, anywhere in the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Let me ask you though, because I come from music radio, really that's all there was for someone who wanted to be a DJ, right? And we mm -hmm. were always told that black people don't we want to hear music. We don't want to hear news. We don't want to hear talk. Right. Um, what say you? I mean, how true is that? It's a great question. And I think um, let's face it. I, I, we all love music. I love music as much as anybody else. And I, I tell you, you I'm, I'm laughing because I was in a meeting today, as a matter of fact, and I tell my board ops every time you go to commercial, every time you come out of commercial, play black music because I know Negroes love music. So yeah. if you play music that people love to hear, then, you know, it, it gives them a, a, a few a few seconds here or there, a few moments here or there to enjoy the breadth and depth of all the music we've given the world. So I love black music as much as anybody. Having said that, I think over the last number of years, we've seen a paradigm shift. And I, and I, give, I give Barack Obama credit for this. And I, let me say this with humility. I take some credit for it because all the years we were on Tom Joyner, we were doing commentary, trying to get folk in the know. And all the State of the Black Union symposia that we did every year on C-SPAN for hours and, and all the other work we've tried to do. And I'm, not just me, I don't want to sound arrogant, but there are a lot of us who've done the work of trying to empower our people, not just entertain them. My entire career has been about trying to empower black people. They don't always agree with me, and that's okay. You don't have to agree with me all the time. My mama doesn't always agree with me, so <laughs> I'm okay with that. But I've, been, I've spent the bulk of my 30-year career trying to empower black people. And I think what's happened in the last few years is that the paradigm has shifted and we have to build a new construct. So in the era of Obama, Negroes finally got serious about issues. We wanted to know what's going on in Washington, what's going on in the political world, what's going on with our economic situation. So people really got serious over the last decade or so about issues. And I couldn't be happier about that. We're always going to be you know, lovers of entertainment. Why? Because we've given the world the best entertainment it's ever seen. And but we still also are. have, still are, but we have so much to say about this country. I've said many times that black folk are the conscience of this country. 
We are the conscience of this country. And at our best, we have taught America how to be a better nation. Put it this way. We have learned to love this country, not because of, but in spite of. Mm -hmm. And we have taught her and trained her all along the way. So if anybody, my friend Cornel West puts it this way, what can a blues nation, because America's got the blues right now, what can a blues nation learn from a blues people? That's Cornel West to the core. Well, and I hope that with our station and with what we intend to do in the coming months and years, we will have a platform for us, not just to empower ourselves, but to educate other folk about how to get America out of this mess that we find ourselves in. Happy anniversary, Tavis, and to the whole KBLA team. We are so proud to be a part. On the way, is Sherry Shepard dating online? Yeah, she is. That's coming up. It's Cafe Mocha. On the line is Miss Sherry Shepard. Welcome back to the show, Sherry. How are you? Hi, ladies. How are you? Hello, Sherry. Not as good as you are. Listen, not as good as you. We are so excited. Can I just scream for one second, Angelique? Congratulations! (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. So I know you've probably been in the lab working on what this show was going to look like, but can you kind of take us back? You were filling in for Wendy. How did it go down? You know, let's get a play-by-play of the production company calling you and saying what? Oh, wow. They called me to co-host to fill in for her as they did with all of the other folks. And it turned out that I got really great ratings that tied with Ellen and Kelly Clarkson for third place. And so every time I came on, my ratings were high and Mm -hmm. they offered me because a Wendy show was coming to an end that season. And so it was that time slot was up for grabs. And so they came to me with the offer of a talk show, which is something that I, you know, have been a dream of mine for a long, long time. It was something it's that was really, you know, I thought this would be great. This is what a blessing. Well deserved, first of all, because, Thank you. you know, just to hear that Wendy was going out, you know, we followed that entire story. And of course, me growing up with Wendy Williams as a journalist, radio personality to a TV bigwig, I was watching the show just to see how things kind of played itself out and every time I would see you on the show I would get excited I mean I watched it when I knew you were coming I wanted to see what you were talking about it I wanted to see the transitions all of those good things even the days you missed I was like what she's not here she's sick she's got what an emergency what is happening but you know (laughs) I went to look for you yeah I went to look for you and so to see that they came back around to honor you and, and, and represent you for the, for your own show, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, you know, I think it was kind of being ready when the opportunity presented itself Mm -hmm. and, you know, knowing that everything that I had done kind of was leading up to this point of being ready, you know, uh, co-hosting Dish Nation, co-hosting The View, doing stand up, like all of that just played a part of it. The full circle tour, getting out and, you know, talking to a nine, 10,000 people has prepared me for doing a talk show. So, and I just love people. So it, I'm very thankful. So we're talking to Sherry Shepard. It's Cafe Mocha. Now, Sherry, you know, I'm your girl, right? You know, I'm your soul sister, right? Now, 
I'm always here. Do you listen? You go holler about a man for us all. You know, you know, there's a shortage out here. How in the yeah. heck are you around all these fine? Oh man, tell me, tell me, tell me. You haven't tell me. You, you got some groupies. Well, you know, I told people. Um, I said that song that Kim made. How, you know, where he sings, "How did you find your way back in my life?" I said, "I'll be on that tour bus." That's how I found my way in your life. Don't <laughs> don't underestimate a stalker who who's a stand up comic who's about to get her own talk show. I got stalker tendencies. <laughs> oh Ask some ex boyfriends who's with another woman in the apartment oh. building. Oh, I was a stalker. So um, where are it, you sharing? It's <laughs> You telling me, mama, you telling me you ain't never sat with your girlfriend outside that building waiting for him to come out? I had like been, all night duty. Yeah, I have <laughs> been never... busted on security camera chasing a car through the through the garage. I that did happen. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm I'm good at it. Now I don't do it at this age, I don't do it no more because if I was stalking a guy, I'd probably fall asleep. I'd get restless leg syndrome sitting in the Ooh. same spot. And then if you ain't got the air conditioner on in the car, I'm going to be hot flashing. So probably mm. when he comes out, I'd be knocked over sleep because about 10 o'clock, I'm ready to go to bed. So I'm not as good of a stalker as I would like to be when yeah, I was in my you, 20s. Now, now, you know, you cannot go to sleep before the men. You know that. Your action's off. Honey. You, you, come on. Cold, cold 101. Yeah, let me tell you about auntie. Something about these hormones. Go one on one, girl. Auntie be hot flashing and tired at the same time. <laughs> so Sherry, so Sherry, if you see someone you like and you 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 know that energy hits you like ooh, like like electricity. You see somebody yeah. over there that you are like, wow, who in the heck is that over there? Now, do you send your people over there? to investigate the situation and if your people go over there to investigate the situation whose number are you giving them uh yes i would send somebody over there because okay. i've done it with bumble i've done it with bumble my girlfriends have seen guys that they think what? are my type and they will send them a message on Ooh. bumble and say we have a girl i have a girlfriend who's you know she's an entertainer and you look like her type would you you know what do you do you know, um, do you have any children? And do they, they kind of investigate. Do they go and on I the mean, first yeah, date too? Date. Do they, no, do yeah. they go on the first date and then let you know, oh, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> no, they haven't gone on a date. They will give me the number and I will text them and I'll say, hi, hi, James. My name is Sherry. My girlfriend, Sally, said you look like a person that I want to meet. And they think they're being catfished. Yeah. But I have gone out on three or four dates off Bumble like that. I'm not on Bumble, but my girlfriends are. And I've gone on dates. So I definitely, if I saw somebody I like, I would send my road manager or one of the background dancers over to investigate. And then, yeah, we could take it from there. Do you feel like there's a shortage in men? Like, do you feel like our generation, I mean, do you feel like there are not enough men for us? Or do you feel like you've made it so far in this industry that you need to find you a specific type of guy? Like, you know, I'm, I'm single. I've, I've been divorced since 2016. And this newly single thing and, you know, my work ethics is really, it's a conflict. I'm trying to figure it out. Help me. You know what? It's a hard one, girl. And I think that there are, it's all we need is that one. And I think that there are, but I think that so many women feel like he's got to make this amount of money. He got to do this. Mm -hmm. He got to be like that. And I think we, we cut out a lot of really good men. Cause here's the thing at the level that we are, 
sometimes it's hard finding a guy at this financial level. And I'm going to tell you, men at our financial level, they tend to be really controlling because they mm. want what they want. They want who they want. They want it when they want. And we're at the age where we're like, well, you're not going to get it right now because I'm tired. <laughs> And you're that's not sciatic nerve get the kicking in. Thank you. And I'm hot and you got to roll up on your side. I, you're not going to get it cooked. DoorDash is the way we're going to go. <laughs> and so, but I think that sometimes we have to expand. I've been on some really great dates with people. And for me, I've been going, God, send me who you, you say I need. Not so much what I want, but who do I need? Because I've gone out on dates with people, men who were, you know, I, I, ain't gonna, I don't like using Kevin Samuels terms, but you know, high income earners. Mm-hmm. And they don't match my lifestyle. They right. don't match what, what I would need, you know, for me. And, and I've learned to tell men what I want. I, you can't be calling me on a Monday and I don't hear from you till next Tuesday because you busy. I'm busy. You busy. This is not going to work. Man, they love you know, her, right? The, she lonely and depressed. She need a dog in her life. Sherry though okay but Sherry I hear you and um I'm not gonna argue with what you're saying but the other part of that is that oftentimes the uh the everyday Joe gets intimidated or uncomfortable with the profile the status this isn't something that he's used to um I know so, and I'm not arguing with you. I believe you me. I am not arguing with you. Once, you know, you let somebody go behind that railroad, it's intoxicating. It literally, I have had men get in a picture with me and they knock me out the way to get closer to the other celebrities. And I'm like, hey, hey, wait, wait. You know, I've had men go with me on a red carpet and then they like, well, what, how come they telling me to move? That's why I don't take them with me to work. Right. It just don't work. You know, so I I'm not arguing with you at all. It it really has to be he has to be very secure in who he is. And uh, that's what I look at. I, I tend not to now date people in my industry. I ask them first, what do you want to do? Oh, you want to be an actor? All right. We got can you take me home. You want to write? Oh, hey, I got I, we can't meet. You want to do what? Voiceovers? Mm-mm. Just not. <laughs> You a comic? Uh, mm, sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, you, you're on your That's way to funny. the top now, sister. I mean, and if you've kissed the sun before, and we are so excited. I know I'm excited you. to watch well, yeah. you Monday through Friday. I mean, I love your energy. I love your, your honesty. Um, I love hearing about your family life. I hear, I love hearing about your travels and I, I love that you keep it real. And I love that. Well, thank you so much. You bring I appreciate some, you bring it. I'm some re- spice to our lives. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm very, very excited uh, with Sherry is coming out this fall. And mm-hmm. so I'm really, really excited. I'm very thankful to God. And I just tell people, you know, sometimes a no doesn't mean no. It just means not yet. Because I had my very first talk show pilot in 2004. Mm-hmm. And it's now 2022. Mm-hmm. So it literally took 18 years of God letting me go through ups and downs, devastations, hurts, to get some stuff up under me. I didn't know who I was in 2004. If you would have given me a talk show and said, vacuum the flow and, and, and put a fruit basket on your head. If it would have made people laugh, I would have done it. At this place where I'm at, I know what I bring. I know exactly right. what I need to do 
to do a talk show, make it successful and empower people. And it took 22 years for that. So I'm very excited and I can't wait for people to see Sherry and I can't wait to learn about people. I can't wait to use my platform to empower women and to give folks a platform that have not been seen before. So yeah, thank you. Well, we, I hear you saying what you will do. Why don't you tell us what you won't do this time around? What I won't do this time around? Um, what I won't do. Yeah, I haven't really thought about what I won't do because I haven't because the things that I won't do, I haven't done in so long. Mm -hmm. So it, mm -hmm. I, I'm very thankful that I'm at this place where mm -hmm. that has not come yeah. up because I have worked so hard to have a reputation. So people know what not to come at me with. So I guess if you say, Sherry, what won't you do? I won't yeah, compromise. Won't you, you have to tell the people. Yeah, if I believe in something, I'm going to fight for it. If it does, if it goes against what my spirit is saying inside, I'm not going to do it. I think we have to learn to trust that little voice inside that's, you know, get sometimes gets a little scared that people that you say, well, who's going to listen to that voice? And that voice doesn't matter. Yes, it does. You have to learn to listen to it and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So when I get red flags that say, uh, this doesn't feel right. I feel very much confident in going, I don't want to do that. I, I, that. That doesn't work for me. So um, I can't specifically think of things that I won't do, but I do know I listen to that voice inside. I listen to my instinct and I put a lot on God being in control of the situation because I've asked him and I've placed a lot in his hands. And so a lot of times he will say to me, do you have faith that I'm going to do it? And I sit back and I go, you show up and show out. So um, if it just goes against what I truly believe in and who I know that I am at my core, I know that I, I, my calling and my passion is making people laugh. So what you will not see is me do, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Dr. Phil and I'm not, you know, um, uh, Ayala. So you probably right. won't see me on there. Somebody just crying and going, but I just need advice on how to, you know, then I, all I can say is I'm a pray for you, girl. I'm not that person. My, my best friend, Nisi Nash, you know, you always got that one person that got advice on everything and everybody and everyone and everywhere. Yeah. That's Nisi. Nisi got a, she got a word, she got a scripture. She got it. She'll look at you and go, let me tell you what the problem is. See, this is what you need to do. You will never see that coming out of Terry. I don't give you advice unless you go, Terry, I'm begging you. What do you think? <laughs> you ask Nisi. You don't even got to ask Nisi. You just say, Nisi, my foot hurts. My foot hurts. And she'll go, see, let me tell you something. This is the problem. You've been walking too long. And I told you about it before. And what you need to do is you, never, you ain't going to listen to me. That's Nisi Nash. So that's not Sherry. Sherry would be like, girl, I don't, there was an Ask Wendy segment. And the girl was like, you know, I got two boyfriends and he want me to get with his wife. And then I was like, girl, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's, that's a hard one. <laughs> I, I don't give it, I don't, you, shoot, I can tell you what worked for me, but I don't know how to tell you what might work for you. So uh, you probably won't see a lot of that advice stuff unless it deals with reinventing yourself and be moving beyond fear relationship advice I don't get in people's relationships so I guess it's one of the things I will not do get in your relationship you, you want to stay with him you didn't seen him he didn't cheated on you five times and you still want who am I to be trying to talk you out of okay you'll learn <laughs> but I don't think that's what nobody wants to hear <laughs> <sighs> Sherry Shepard we can't wait till the fall to see what's up with your talk show you'll have to come back then I mean if you have time for us Absolutely. And I, and I thank you uh, for your support and the excitement. Cause of course, you know, you always get nervous 
that you're going to throw a party and nobody will come. So I'm, re- I'm very, very thankful for the well wishes and the encouragement. Yes. Well, people showed up and they will continue to show up for you. So best of luck. Okay. Thank you so much. Please. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for Thank rooting you. you on. Sherry Shepard, ladies Thank and gentlemen. Thank you. Have a good one, Sherry. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sherry Shepard's new talk show kicks off September 12th. You can follow us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. On the way, we've got Kindred the Family Soul on KBLA Talk 1580. Morlani, Yo-Yo, and Angelique. We got you standing in solidarity. Only on Cafe Mocha. Radio from a woman's perspective. We've got Kindred the Family Soul on KBLA Talk 1580. Wish your family could experience some of the world's biggest, most beautiful destinations on a Disney Cruise Line vacation this summer you can. With Cafe Mocha, you could even win a seven-night voyage to the Mediterranean, where you'll be awed by the charm and culture of Greece. Inspired by the history and scenery of Italy, on board you can revel in everything from Disney characters to imaginative dining to exclusive spaces for adults and kids alike. Onshore, discover fantastical flavors, stunning architecture, and alluring locales. All done only as Disney Cruise Line can do. Enter for a chance to grant your family summer vacation wishes today, because the time to see the world together is now. Enter to win at CafeMochaRadio.com. Contest ends June 1, 2024. That's CafeMochaRadio.com. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Kindred, the family soul. Agent Fatin, how are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. We're doing very good. You guys have a real big family, and um, it is really nice when you can get the entire family together because, like you said, for history, our tradition has been that soul food. What are you most thankful for this year? Good health. Um, being back on the road and getting an opportunity to, you know, do what it is, of course, that we love to do and that um, that we've been blessed to do. And, you know, being able to take care of our family in the way in which, you know, we feel is necessary and that they need. And, you know, again, to have all of our children doing really well. And um, it's, it's, it's still a really good time, despite all of the different things that we've all been challenged with for the past year, year and a half or so. So we are grateful for for those things. Asia, I just want to make sure since the last time we saw you guys in D.C., last time we talked, you ain't had no extra kids, right? <laughs> now, here's the thing. First off, I'm 43, okay? That don't and mean nothing. The, and the husband, hold on, I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying you can't have a baby at 43. I'm saying I, okay? We have a baby at 43. And also, my husband, and we just need to make sure this is clear. Are y'all ready? Mm -hmm. Are the listeners ready? We ready. Y'all may joke all you want to, but my husband has been fixed Mm. for 11 years. Mm. Nice. 11 years. Staying fixed. This man has had a vasectomy. Mm. He has gone and handled the, you know, the the, uh, Mm. physiological business. Mm-hmm. That Required so that our family stays the size that it is. Remember that famous <laughs> Allen Iverson press conference all about practice? Uh-huh. Yeah. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. Right. That's all we doing these days. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how are the kids, though? How have they 
handle the pandemic. I mean, I yeah. know you guys, anybody that's in music and well, all of us were really shut down, but what has mm-hmm. this been like for the kids to be at home in the house, not doing their sports and choir and all that stuff? What's it been like for them? Yeah, I want to take this opportunity also to just like talk, talk about mental health because that that that's really been number one on the list of things in a family as big as ours during the pandemic is, you know, having as many personalities in the home for, you know, there was a minute there where nobody was going anywhere, really. We were going to the grocery store. I know that feels like ages ago now, but, you know, there were times when, you know, we all had to be here. So getting in touch with each other's needs and learning how to communicate with each other, allowing people space. So the kids have really learned a lot about themselves. I really think that they become way more self-aware, but definitely they've become uh, they've understood a lot more about how important it is to care for the emotional and mm-hmm. mental self, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, that's been a blessing because the language that we weren't using in the house as often now we use all the time, you mm-hmm. know, particularly around communication and self-care. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Kendrick, the family sold their new album, Auntie and Uncle, talking about COVID. Yo, yo, take it away. You know, I've been watching you guys and you're talking about 23 years of marriage. And one thing the pandemic has done is it's given us a peep into a lot of lives through social media that we wouldn't normally have. And I see that you guys have been skating. Just <laughs> yes, and yes. And love watching it. Is this is this a new trend? Is this is was this a way just to ease your way out of uh, a stressful situation and get people out because um that mental strain of being in the house for so long? That's funny because like um the whole thing of the outlet of having uh something to do during the pandemic skating was one of the only things that wasn't actually shut down as a family kind of activity that people were able to do because it's social distancing involved in the skating kind of scenario so when we were trying to find ways to promote and market the album um when we couldn't actually go out and perform and be in the venues and stuff like that trying to find spaces that connected back to the music but that also made sense for who we were was very important so skating just happened to be something that an activity that we actually enjoyed but that we hadn't done in a long time and so we kind of came up with an event around having not done it in a long time and being a little fearful at a certain age to get back out there. But we knew that it was a fun activity and that our music really resonated with the skating community. So though we're not expert skaters and weren't trying to give off the impression like that we're super skaters, but we just really enjoyed the activity and we thought that it would be a nice way to connect with our audience. And it and it really was. And we got a chance to do a couple of different events in a different, different cities, uh, Atlanta and D.C. and Jersey, And we were supposed to do a few more, and we may still as time goes on, but it's been really, really fun. We met a lot of great people and seeing a lot of other people get past a little bit of that fear, too, of getting back out there and and, and trying it again. So it was kind of cool. Well, let's talk about the new album, Auntie and Ankh. Just we've been waiting on um, a new project from you all, so let's talk about it. Talk about 
breakdown, I believe. Over the moon. Break it Joyce down. Yeah. Renewed. Yeah, break it down. <laughs> Made it. Black love story. I mean, these are just wonderful titles. So tell us a little bit more about it. Well, um, you know, during the pandemic, obviously we couldn't perform. So, you know, we went into the studio as soon as we were able to and really didn't know what we were going to do. We just went in to have a good time, finish out some work that we had already started. But we really got going and, you know, had a really great rhythm. And the result was our new album, Auntie and Unc. And everybody was like, well, how come Auntie and Unc, you know? But I just think at this point, we've been in the game a good while. This is our seventh recorded album. You know, we've been married 23 years. You know, we started when we were in our 20s, but now we're in our 40s. Yeah, now we're in our <laughs> 40s. So it's like, you know, we have a little bit of, you know, we have a few receipts. You know what I'm saying? And so we've, we've gone from brother and sister to auntie and uncle. You know what I mean? And and I feel like we've embraced it. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Kendrick, the family. So auntie and Ankh, their latest album. This is your seventh album? It is. Well, we have eight albums, but this is our seventh recorded CD, yes. Okay. And so um, tell me, you guys, there's not a lot of married couples. I think Marilyn McCool and uh, was it? uh, Billy Davis. And Billy Davis (laughs) was the last couple. You know, I'm old. I'm like, I just And they still out there doing their thing. (laughs) They got a new record out. That's a banger. And they got, (laughs) I was just listening to them the other day. They got some some classics. Yeah. But go ahead. (laughs) Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, how hard is it being a, a duo and especially a husband and wife duo? I think it's a little bit easier than people think, to be 100% honest. I mean, I think there's a thing where if you have a similar dream and you get to share that dream with your person, yeah. that's the part that's, that I feel like has been the blessing. And that we don't have to, like, we you, you know, if you're in entertainment and your mate isn't, there's language they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things that you might want to say to them that they're like, they, they empathize, but they don't get it, get it. So I think for us, that's been the blessing. But the challenge is the same challenges that most couples have. I mean, we argue, we disagree, we may not be on the same page all we the argue? time. You know, um, <laughs> we about to argue if you cut me off. <laughs> what I had said was, <laughs> like, no, I mean, you know, it's the same stuff. You know, we, we go through the same things. We just regular it's just red. African students. Yes. <laughs> ordinary African students. We got more with Kendrick the Family Soul on KBLA Talk 1580. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. A new law in Arizona says you have to be standing at least eight feet away if you're going to record the police. Roland Martin reports. Republican Governor Doug Ducey signed the law requiring bystanders to be at minimum uh, distance. Disobeying an officer's command could land the person with a misdemeanor charge, fine up to 500 bucks, jail time up to 30 days, or probation up to a year. Was anybody else shocked that Brittany Griner pleaded guilty to drug smuggling in Russia? Here's what she said in court. That she had no intention to break the law, that she packed up in a hurry, and that's how uh, these things ended up in her bag. The expectation is that she would have to admit guilt and face a conviction before any potential prisoner swap 
could actually happen. Meanwhile, in Croatia, was that Chris Rock on vacation holding hands with actress Lake Bell? TMZ asked his brother Tony about it. Nobody cares who the ugly guys are dating. So the fact that this is getting so much attention, I'm like, damn, they must really think my brother's kind of handsome. So yeah. I'm happy for him to be in this new handsome light. He, they never put him in a handsome box before. It's a white girl, so he's extra handsome, I guess. That's the espresso. This is Cafe Mocha on the line. Our Asia and Fatine, better known as Kindred the Family Soul. What about for the kids, though? Because, you know, I imagine that both of you are on the road together. Uh, so, I mean, what's it like for yeah, them? Yeah, I mean, our kids definitely have, like, you know, this is a keep it real kind of environment, correct? So let's keep oh, it yeah. 100. I- Our kids have definitely dealt with a little bit of separation anxiety when they were young because both parents were on the road at times. Mm -hmm. And that's where our village has been really important. You know, parents, you know, their aunts and uncles, their cousins, people just coming together to support the vision of our family. So in that way, yes, that is a downside, but we've we've received a lot of support on the other side of things. Mm -hmm. And as parents, We've taken advantage of the things and the advantages that maybe other people don't have. Oh, yeah, I might be on the road out of town for a day or two, but I also don't have to be at work at a certain time. I can go on all the field trips and I can, you know, make the cake for the for the, for the, for the bake, bake sale or whatever. And I can do mm-hmm. this and do that. And so my kids get some benefits. So I think at the end of the day, what we try to tell the kids is that this is our normal and our normal Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be compared to somebody else's. As long as we are communicating with each other and we are strong family, we can make it through anything, even mistakes or misunderstandings. Auntie and Unc, it's it's so fitting because I watch you both as a couple and, you know, your husband continues to romance you publicly and, you know, you guys show the support that you have for your children, college, the journey. I think it's so important. 23 years and music and family and love. I think it's, it's what, you know, it's what it's all about. It definitely yeah, is. I'm going to tell you, you know, you know, it, it's real interesting because, um, nowadays, you have a lot of people who show their families, like like in vlogs and stuff like that, or Instagram influencers. And um, I think it's really great, actually, especially for Black families. But one of the things that I noticed is that a lot of them have young children. And sometimes you don't get an opportunity to follow a family through its journey from having small, cute kids that say cute things and do cute things until they're adults, you know. And one of the great things about our journey is that if you've been there with us the whole time, then you see my son be three years old in our first video. And then you watched him graduate high school. And then this year, I mean, then the next spring, (laughs) you know, God willing, you're going to see him graduate from college. And so... You've seen the progression and the growth, you know, the progression and growth of a family, you know, and I think that's important. Not perfection, but just being able to, you know, connect. And that's what's rare. And that's what we love about you two. Auntie and Ankh is the name of the album by Kendrick, the family. So we love y'all so much. Come back anytime. We want to know one thing. What? When Yo-Yo going to be on the verse? <laughs> All right, we're, work, yeah. we're working so on it. We're working on it. I know that's right. <laughs> we, we love y'all. Thanks. Right yeah. 
It's Cafe Mocha, Angelique Lani Love and Yo-Yo on the line. She's the Vice President of Charitable Affairs for the Los Angeles Lakers. We've got Woo-hoo! Keisha Nick. <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello, Keisha. First of all, hello. And we are so honored to have Black Woman VP, Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers. And, and why we're so excited is because you are the first black woman in the history of the franchise to hold a VP role of any kind. Yes. So congratulations. Yes. I love your excitement because it makes me excited. Um, and this is um, a, a big um, accomplishment. And I'm just so proud and so excited because I hope to encourage, you know, other women um, to, to do the same. Women just in regular corporate America have it harder. And in sports, we, I mean, it just seems like they're treated so unfairly. I think of poor Pam on the sidelines at the NFL. I think of, uh, you know, just the tough road. I feel female sportscasters, female in sports have. So how do you get around that? How do you barrel through that discrimination and that sense of this is what guys do? You're not allowed to be here. You know, that is a great question, and um, I love your choice of words um, because you really don't get around it, um, but you do barrel through. Um, And somebody like myself, I feel as though I have an advantage. I was in corporate America for 21 years before I came to the Lakers. I was at Merrill Lynch and Bank of America for 21 years. So if you could just think back to what those days were like, as far as being in a white male dominated world um, and being one of the only, you know, black women multiple times over, I don't know how many times I was the only one in the room, the only one that did this, the only one. And then to be a single mother from South Central Los Angeles, oh my God, you know, everybody felt so sorry for me. And I had to, to show them, you know, that I was capable and qualified and just as intelligent as everyone else. And so I feel like I really sharpened my skills um, in the boardroom. And by the time I got to sports, I was like, this is a piece of cake, you know? Um, (laughs) And it's sad sad that I look at it that way, but literally I felt like I went through the fire um, in order to be, you know, where I am today. And so a lot of it doesn't even, I don't even think about it. I just, get up every day and and do what I do. And it doesn't bother me. And you have to build up um, a resilience. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, getting the vaccine. You got to get your body ready, equipped for battle. You know, as women, you know, we are battling in the, you know, at all the jobs that we have. We're battling in the boardroom, battling, you know, in sports, trying to get a seat at the table. And it's something that, you know, we learn to live with, you know, over time. Um, And you're always reminded and you just kind of, you stay humble. Um, But I was taught that hard work is the great equalizer. And so I just work really, really hard. Keisha Nix, Vice President of Charitable Affairs for the L.A. Lakers. First black woman in history uh, in that franchise to hold the (laughs) vice president role. Thank you so much for joining us. How do people reach you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, We have a a Lakers.com slash community website. We're all over social media with what we do in the community. So you can find me there as well um, or show up at a Lakers game. Go Lakers.
Go Lakers. <laughs> Thank Go you, Lakers. <laughs> Thank you. That's the show for the weekend. Make sure you follow us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you can hear the full conversation. Go to Apple, go to Spotify, whatever you listen to. Type in Cafe Mocha Radio. Click subscribe. Until next weekend, you know where to find us at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.